Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. This is Mike. You got your boy Massey. He is back. He was on the road, hardcore, back at 3 a.m. He's here. He's a champion. He's kind of out of it right now. That's okay. Me have been water. <laughs> Me have been we, water. We we drink artificial Jesus around here. <laughs> so do not forget. Hey, celebrate. Sure, what we're celebrating? I don't, you know, we got we got some, we got a cool guest on, man. Yes, but, we do. Which has been like what close close to about eight months in the making. It so is, this has been a fight. It's been, to it's been get yeah, it, it's here. our fault. Kinda, <laughs> it's it, actually we made it. it yeah, we did it. Let's we did not it. point Let's focus the finger, Massey. Let's focus on the positive. Don't don't point the finger at me. I saw it. I saw you do it. It's just, what happens when you leave it in the hand of a white boy. Just remember, did Matt, I just go there? He did. <laughs> All right. So since we're going the race route, Massey, I won't. Right, sorry. Uh, no, I won't do it. No, you won't. No, I won't. Okay. I thought about it. I was like, ah, <laughs> I could go so many places, but I won't because I can't because I'm white. <coughs> Whoa. <laughs> so guys, tune into the selfevidenttruth.com. That was not planned. What just happened? <laughs> So, guys, go to the selfevidenttruth.com. You guys can find out more okay, information. Listen, COVID. guys, we just put up our Constitution course is now live. I don't even have a graphic for you, buddy, but our Constitution course is live. 14-week study on the Constitution, on the Constitution itself, the founding documents of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited to actually this is being released. Um, and, guys, we're, we're not changing information. We're actually we're excited to offer something brand new, I hope. Right. right? It's a it's a whole different outlook on it. And I do want to say, if you have started the Constitution course, you may notice, hey, the, the videos are coming online in spurts. That's because we're we're making sure these are the best possible before we put them on. So we're, we're doing a little bit of cleanup action um, just to get them online for you. But you will get them all. They're coming online. And, and it is it's a new perspective on the whole story of America's founding and the revolution. And, and the founding documents and the Bill of Rights. A lot of Constitution courses, what you get is it goes line by line through the Constitution and says, this means this, and this means this, and this means this. We actually didn't do much of that for the, the Constitution itself. And here's why. Because if you don't understand what was going on in their hearts and their minds when they wrote it, you won't understand line by line what's going on in the Constitution. So what we've done is we've we've approached more of it at a philosophical level, at a historical level. But we do go in depth on the Bill of Rights because we believe your rights are so important and so vital for you to understand where did that come from? Why did they bother putting that in there? Get that Constitution course. If you have not signed up for it yet, check it out. Get to our website. Get signed up for it. You will not be disappointed. Get them to share too. While share, share, share. Yeah, do it. Don't forget to share. Ready? Share drive. Good. If you have not yet, press that share button. Let's get into it, Mass. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Okay. Game on. So, first slide. What you might not realize about the Canadian trucker protest, but right at the moment, before I tell you that little bit of information, where are we at right now? Um, Ontario has declared a state of emergency to end the blockade. 
because those e- evil right-wing Nazi truck drivers. Nazis. Nazis. Truckers are being warned that they'll be punished if they don't leave. Hey, could you uh, go ahead and just uh, leave now, please? They could be given $78,000 fine and jail time. Ooh. It's real stakes. I want you to put yourself in their place for a second and think about what would it no be doubt. like to be standing up like that knowing you could get hit with you know, just south of a hundred thousand dollar fine as well as jail time for standing up for what you believe in. Crazy. You have that courage. Are you willing to make that step? Exactly. And they understand what this is going to cost them. And there there's a lot of them that are still standing. They've removed some of them. Some of them they've talked out of, you know, Hey, go home, dude. Okay. But (laughs) plenty of them, plenty of them are still there. They're, they're still going strong. Um, they're also debating taking away these drivers' licenses, commercial licenses. So they could lose their life work. They could lose what yeah. pays their bills and feeds their family. This is how important it is to them. So it's reported as of Friday, the Ambassador Bridge protests had several commercial trucks among roughly 100 other vehicles. That's just for the Ambassador Bridge. Meanwhile, about 100 trucks remain in Ottawa, On Thursday, Ottawa police said they had persuaded 25 truckers to leave voluntarily, but are threatening to tow others who remain. And meanwhile, Trudeau is uh, still hiding. He's still sitting in his rabbit hole. This this is the same guy who, while he's hiding in his rabbit hole, said, well, we need more restrictions to avoid restrictions. Because that makes sense. Well, it's control, right? This is so I, you know, people say Canada is seven years ahead. I've heard this said many times. Canada is seven years ahead of where the United States is. So if there's government oppression, uh, America is soon to follow. I usually hate those things because, you know, at our where we're at in our stage and our faith and, and those kind of things. You're, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So if you keep saying, oh, just America's just on a decline, man, it is what it is. It's going to go downhill from here. That You're literally prophesying our death. Good for you. I'm not doing that. Right. But the second thing is, if it's really true that we have how many truckers out there right now that are standing on behalf of their rights proves, number one, it's not a, that, that freedom is not an American issue. It's a, it's a God given issue. But the second thing is, if they can do it, why can't we? That's Canada, dude. We're in America. We actually have a representative government. We actually have a republic. We actually have where they have blockades uh, on law, right? And this is what happens every time a person gets an authority, right? They say, well, you elected me, therefore I'm going to do what I want to do. You're stupid. That's the, the Constitution. You can't go against it. You know what I mean? The, oh, well, the, the, I can't think of the term, something mandate, but Obama tried to flex that around. Well, I got elected, so that's the, the people want me to do whatever I want to do. No, people elect you to uphold the Constitution. That's exactly it. And and most people that elect politicians, I dare say, don't even think they don't about even care. they don't even think about the Constitution. They just yeah. think about that's the guy that's going to help get us out of, uh, you know, debt. He's going to pay off our college. He speaks He's, well. Yeah. Well, he speaks no. like me. Sort of. I think that may be one issue. But like everybody's like, you know, he's going to give us free college. He's going to uh, make sure that we're not in wars. And they're going to pull us out of Afghanistan. They're going to make sure that. Uh, our country, uh, you know, isn't bullying gay people or or whatever it is, right? That none of that stuff is even in the Constitution for them to do, right? But we've become emotional voters, right? Not principal voters anymore in a lot of ways. And I'm saying not a not everyone. I'm saying, and I don't want to make a blanket statement, 
But in a lot of ways, like the Democrat Party, that's exactly what it is, is emotional. And the Republican Party, too, for the most part. They, you know, it was all emotions. And, you know, that guy's going to help save the America. And like, no, nah, dude, like God's going to save America if we follow God and we right. vote the conscience that he's given us according to Scripture. Right. That's it. And, and, and so the Constitution doesn't even give the authority for these things to happen. And this whole elastic clause thing. And, you know, we could talk about that, uh, you know, a thousand other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But this whole elastic clause is what gave somewhat the government authority uh, that the Constitution's living and breathing. But imagine if we said that about the Bible. It's just living and breathing. You know, we don't really have to obey it. That's exactly why you see false doctrines preached today. You know, that's exactly why we see people who could say they love God and yet go out there and support and, and, and run with and, and, and be with and, and embrace a sinful culture and say, well, it's because God loves them. No, we're supposed to stand against sin. We're not supposed to run in the wickedness that they run in, according to Scripture. That gets into something we've talked about a lot about is you've got to have a foundation. You've got to have a principle. You've got to have a bedrock, um, an objective truth that you're building off of. And as soon as we decide that the Constitution is living and breathing or we decide Scripture is living and breathing, we've really negated the whole use of the thing because we we can then determine the meaning of it anytime we want it's exactly we it. can determine what what we want it to say what we feel it should say and a culture or society quickly convinces itself of delusion think about it it sure does we we, we quickly convince ourselves of lies and delusion and if we don't have something to weigh all of it against scripture the constitution then you're floating without a paddle yeah you, you you're just floating going with the sea wherever the sea decides to go you want to know you want to know how you know that the declaration was not just an american thing which because america wasn't in existence when thomas jefferson and the rest of them wrote this ben franklin right. john adams you know they're colonies yeah they, they were colonies they were still a part of britain right so it wasn't it wasn't an american thing it was a god-given thing that the fact that the trucker said Evils are sufferable among men, but after a long train of abuses, it's the right and duty of the people to alter and abolish such governments and institute new governments. That is the Declaration of Independence. Guess what they're doing right now? You know what? I'm tired of this. I'm right. tired of the long train of abuses. I'm tired of you telling me how to raise my kids. I'm tired of you telling me that if I don't have a vax, I'm somehow, somehow evil. I'm tired of you telling me that I can't make a living anymore trucking. I'm tired of you telling me that... Oh, you know, it's COVID that's creating these things. No, it's government's regulations that are creating these blockades and blockages in our ports and for our truckers and all these things. It has nothing to do with COVID. If governments wouldn't have shut down their economies, we'd be totally fine right now. Right. And, and now they're coming out. The experts are coming out saying, well, it's bad, actually, for long term masking. It's bad that, you know, it, that, that masks were, were mandated. This one lady, this uh, uh, Asian lady was uh, I can't remember her name. She's an expert expert. She said. The mandate shouldn't be federally run or state run. It should be by the parents. Last year, she was saying, if we don't get everybody vaccinated, yes. you know, th th there should be a government mandate to vax everyone. That's that's that whole narrative shift that happened. Everything we said where we were considered crazy is now they're saying it because they realize they've got to get out of this COVID thing. Because the pr ratings because, are down. Because ratings and elections are up. Ratings, elections are coming up oh, by the way did you know that 29 people are either resigning or rerunning re for their seat it, uh, every election there's four to five yeah. now there's 29 mm -hmm. ready to be replaced because you know what the, what's happening the experts are telling them uh dude we're screwed like yeah. you're, you're not going to win this one right. what you did in your state there's your, your approval rating sucks right so 
guys, we got to get behind our, our federal representatives right now that we want elected and push. Right. You know, now's the time. Right. So I want to quick get to what you may have missed about this whole trucker convoy thing is and what you might not have realized is America instituted the same things. Now, you'll hear all about Canada and about the Canadian truckers and you'll hear about, you know, the, the why they're doing what they're doing. But what you're not hearing much about is America has the same mandates and it's coming through that Trudeau and the Canadian government were pushing. Yeah the Biden administration to do it. So we have our own fight here and you won't hear much about the trucker convoys and and blockades that are starting to, to percolate up in the U S percolate percolate. We've got to push this information forward. We've got to give exposure to this because this is a movement and this is a movement that, you know, frankly, doesn't leave billions of dollars worth of damage and dozens of people dead over a fiery summer. This is a bunch of trucks sitting in a road. Blocking everything blocking for a reason. Things. Yeah, they're not creating but, any havoc. But the, the whole BLM thing gets called mostly peaceful, and the truckers get called extreme violent right-wing supremacists. I'm so sick of this narrative message. I'm so sick of the spinning of the narrative and Truth. they can tell you anything they want. And we, we continue to allow it. I love that CNN's ratings have dropped through the floor. I love that they're losing their best personalities left and right. I love that they are collapsing from the inside. Why? Because you were lying and you were misdirecting for too long. And it's about time that you finally got some consequences for your actions. You know, it's even crazier than that, guys. You got to ask yourselves the question. I don't give a crap if you call me a conspiracy theorist, because you know what? Every conspiracy that I've ever believed pretty much has happened. So not really matter to me, but how do places like CNN, MSNBC lose ratings like crazy and still stay afloat. Funding. Who's who's funding them? How are they being funded? Who's propping this up? What business would promote something that fails? Follow the money. I can promise you there's some kind of government issue there. There's some kind of government funding, right? right? And I'm talking about Fox News too. I don't like Fox News. I, I personally don't. Tucker's all right. Tucker's cool. I'm good with him. But like Fox News is not my jam. I could care less about it. Yeah, and you know what? They'll, if I ever go on Fox News, I'll probably pull this clip up. You don't like Fox News? No, I don't. No, I don't. Because you guys are really good for Republicans, but not the Constitution. So, no, I don't like Fox News, honestly. But what creates the funding for these programs, even though these TV personalities and stations are, are, are sucking in the ratings? Yeah. You know what I mean? What happens? How are they getting their money? Who's propping it up if nobody's listening? Right? Yeah. But that's my question. Vested interests with lots of money will, Who's got will keep it? it going, you know. All right. So leading into, let's go ahead and we've Who's, got our yeah. special guest. Let's do it. Drew Montez Clark. He grew up in Danville, Virginia, son of two educators who demanded from an early age that he become a free thinker and exercise critical thought. This led him to conservatism and he is now fighting for the conservative movement. If uh, you're conservative, you like it, he's probably fighting for you. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Drew Montez Clark, how are Come you on, doing hey, today? Hey, hey. I'm doing pretty good. How about you all? We're good, thank you. So, what are your thoughts on the whole convoy, trucker, blockade stuff? You know, I was uh, I was reading an article the other day, 
that was talking about how the Biden administration was trying to pressure the truckers in Canada uh, to, to disband. Um, and I had a thought and then I'm like, well, you know, usually America represents liberty and freedom across the globe. And I, I, I said, how far are we fallen at this particular point for the current people who are occupying the White House to not be advancing yep. freedom and, and liberty, but to be siding with tyranny. And then you have a Christian uh, company in the U.S. who actually stands strong on, on the constitutional rights of uh, freedom and liberty. Uh, it's backwards. And that's, and that's something that has to change, quite frankly. Well, I, I love that the, the Christian movement is kind of taking the front seat on this. Yeah. You know, the yep. uh, Give, Send, Go, is that what their name is? Yep. They, the, GoFundMe drops it. They, they freeze assets and immediately a Christian organization comes up and says, no, we're, we'll go forward. <laughs> we'll we'll do this. it. We'll do it. <laughs> you know, and, and what's funny is history tends to scrub the effect of, of Christianity on movements that change things for yep. the better how often it happened, you know, the, the abolition movement, people like, oh, well, there were churches that were preaching slavery. Yet the abolition movement was also undergirded strongly by churches, you know, Christians, it, yeah. Christians mm -hmm. you know, and, and um, medical care, uh, the, the, obviously the abortion movement. Like, you remember Houston uh, a couple of years ago when the, the hurricane came and hit Houston really bad? Yeah. It was like 92% of the help that came in was church help. Church church aid but all you heard was fema all you heard was government help you know what i mean yeah state help but no it was the churches that stood up and you heard about olstein you know the which was false that? yeah it was yeah which false. was false but um so let's let's get into you um i, I want to hear a little bit of your background your history who you are why you're why you're running why you're doing this why are you america yeah. Drew. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Why? Uh, I guess I'll take you back. <laughs> Most people don't know, but I'm, I'm a country boy at heart. You know, I, I'm, I'm from Virginia originally. Um, you kind of mentioned early on that both my parents were educators. Uh, the piece that's not in there also is that my dad, my dad was a pastor. Hey, um, man, hey. So <laughs> growing up, the demand uh, as far as uh, the, the bar was set pretty high um, in, in our home. And uh, my parents, even though you know, both of my parents uh, tend to set, sit on the opposite side of the aisle politically. Um, and that's something that maybe we can get into later, but um, they taught me to be objective and they taught me to critically think. They taught me to evaluate. They taught me how to find information and develop conclusions for myself. And in doing so, they gave me something uh, or helped me develop something that would serve me or is serving me and will serve me in the future. Uh, so that's how I arrived at conservatism myself is because right. this was through my own research. Um, I will tell you that, you know, my dad passed uh, about five months ago, uh, but I will tell you that um, before he died, uh, this last election series, he told me, I wanted you to know, he sent me a text message, that I wanted you to know that I voted red in a blue shirt, and I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's the first time in his life that he had ever voted anything other than Democrat just wow. because it was so ingrained in, in, in who he was, even though the values just really didn't line up. And me getting heavily involved in politics created that shift for him. So it, it started allowing him to see, um, and he created a change as a result of that. And that's, that's awesome. something that, that I'm proud of. Um, but you know, ultimately, faith 
in my home was something that was set very high and, and, and ex an expectation to develop your own relationship with that. Um, and then even though I was part of the public school system, both my parents were, were educators. My, my dad retired uh, in school board and my mom retired uh, as an assistant principal. So of course I have a lot of opinions about everything from an educational <laughs> standpoint, uh, but I'm running for federal office and I tell people all the time, that the only thing you want to hear from me with regard to being a federal candidate in education is we need to keep the federal government out of it. Now, right. if you want my personal yeah. opinion, I can share a bunch of opinions with you because I got opinions about everything. Uh, <laughs> but as far as what I'm running for, we have to keep things in context. Right. And that's, I, I, I want to get into the education yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. a little bit, but uh, first uh, growing up in a split political home, I think this is interesting because it, sounds like your dad was the Democrat and your mom was the conservative Republican. Um, and how did that happen? How it, it sounds like things, at least they both recognize, well, we may differ on opinion, but we, we want opinions and, and critical thought. Yeah. That's more important than where we stand tribally, but get into that a little bit. Tell us a little bit of what it was like to grow up in that split household, so to speak. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to compound this a little bit because both my parents sat on the opposite side of the aisle. You know, so we have a situation really? now where both parents sat on, on oh. the Democratic side of things for, for a variety of different reasons. Um, and somehow, you know, when I was of age to register, I started as an independent, you know. So this was back in, in, in Virginia. You know, when I came, I didn't register as a Democrat, I registered as an independent. Um, and then my next switch was like two or three years later where I registered as a Republican, I've been registered as a Republican ever since. Um, mm -hmm. That has created some rifts today as it stands. Um, but I think the thing that, imagine, that, so. <laughs> I think the, the thing that I was able to stand on uh, was above all else, they wanted to instill in me the, the value of critical thinking, to be able to think for myself. Because I think as all parents understand, one day we're not going to be there. And while your parents, while your parents are here, your children are little, they function underneath your umbrella and you have to prepare them to hold their own umbrella that goes Amen. both for a spiritual relationship and just to be able to function in society. So that's one value that it did instill. So it gave me the, the space and latitude, even though I was being fed one side of the message, um, because this was an undergirding uh, principle in the home, it allowed me to still develop my own thoughts and come to my own conclusions that led me to conservatism. Hmm. Did you, did you get any pushback when you first started telling them, I, I think I'm swinging Republican mom and dad. I'm swinging. <laughs> <laughs> pushback is uh, probably the least of it. I mean, I, I'm still getting pushback, especially because I'm so involved politically now. And I'm so <laughs> vocally on the other side of the aisle. I still get pushback. Um, but yeah, I got, I got a tremendous amount of pushback. And, and usually it was in the realm of trying to explain to me, you know, why, they felt and believed the way that they did, but in doing so, it just strengthened my point because I'd go and refute all that with research. You know, they grew up during an age where there wasn't, at the time, you know, search engines and, you know, Google and information was at your fingertips, you know, so information was at my fingertips. So you tell me something that maybe you've heard passed down through your family that you've never vetted. And I go now and I can look it up and I have all this information at my fingertips. I can disprove it. And all you did was push me further down my path right? Yeah, with, right. with things that you could not explain to me. Um, so that's the value of critical thought. And that's why I, I really despise what's happening 
of what has happened in our, our educational system at this point, because we're not teaching people to critically think. We're, te- we're teaching them to conform. Right. Um, and that is definitely going to hurt this country. It already is hurting this country and the next generation. Let's uh, well, no, I mean, I, I, th- I think because everything I'm hearing you say is like awesome. Right. Yeah. And, and so w- one of the one of the things that we're, we're doing this year is focusing more on discipling as a ministry. Like we want to teach people how to do and duplicate what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Start your own thing. Who cares? Right. Go out and do. How does someone like yourself, when you say, man, look, there's obvious issues. I, I need to do something about it. How did you come to conclude to the conclusion I need to run for office like because, you know, you're talking about education, talking about these things. And it's like, you know, people think, you know, the the mountains insurmountable, like there's no way we can do this. You know what I mean? But you and your heart and I I met you a couple of times now and you're an awesome dude. Like, I mean, I love being around you and your team and like uh, your precious wife. When we were at this event in Miami, it was near Miami or whatever. I'm looking at you going, dude, what got this guy to run? And the reason I'm asking that is because a lot of people will sit here and listen to this. And they're on the fence about, man, how do I get involved, man? Maybe right. a school board or something like that. But they're like, man, there's no way I could. You know, what 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 put that courage, that faith in you to say, man, I'm going to go do this thing, you know? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how this all started, because this was back during uh, when I first got this. This was back during the height of the lockdowns. And, and I live in the state of Florida, great state of Florida. And Governor Sanchez has, has done the best hands down in navigating this whole debacle that has been COVID over the last two years now. Um, But even here in the very beginning when there was nothing that was known about this man-made virus, uh, we had lockdowns too. And we had a situation where businesses were being told who was essential and who was not essential. Um, So during this time period, you know, I was ranting and raving. I'm a big medical freedom guy too. Um, But what really tipped me over the edge was I was seeing churches not stand tall uh, against the unconstitutional mandate. Now, right. and being being a pastor's son, that really kind of got underneath my skin. I'm like, well, so we have uh, casinos that are open and essential and churches are not? Like somebody explained this to me. And, and why are pastors not willing to be bold and stand on truth? And why are they cowering uh, and just turning this thing over? Because yep. largely what I believe fundamentally is we have a political intellectual battle that we have to fight. But just as much as we have this political and intellectual battle, we have a spiritual battle. That's right. And the people that are more, most suited to fight this battle who understand how to prepare for those type of th- that type of fight are sitting back and being silent. So I, I went on. First off, I had my kids come on and they said <laughs> the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, because that's something that they don't do in schools anymore. So they all stood in front of the flag and said the Pledge of Allegiance. And I issued this Patriot Challenge is what I called it. And I'm on here ranting and raving about what I don't like and what's not happening. And I'm telling people to get involved and see who their local politicians are because you've looked at the president, but these people locally are the ones that are impacting you the most. Find them, support them. If you can't find them, you run. And I put in my hashtags and hit the post button. It got all kinds of likes. And then two days later, I was convicted by my own post. Because fundamentally, (laughs) I also was instilled with this whole concept. You cannot expect complain about something, but for so long until you figure out what your role is in the solution. Um, so yeah. I felt called uh, to the space. That's why I'm here. And fundamentally, God doesn't call us uh, to, to, to necessarily win. He calls us to be obedient. And right. in that obedience, we win because our strength is in him, not in us and our own 
uh, strengths. And the sooner we realize that and the sooner we implore that, uh, I think the sooner we get back to things as usual, get back to the basics of this country. That's God and Constitution. Amen. I love it because you you were convicted by your own words, <laughs> which I think a lot of people, they, they say something and it just passes over and they don't even think about it again. But the fact that you, you saw your own words and you're like, I got to listen to myself. If I'm, if I want other people to do that, I need to listen to myself. You I know? wish we all had that conscience. Right. though. I mean, like a lot of us will preach about what's going on and do nothing. You know what right. I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll say what's wrong and get frustrated and yell at our, you know, spouse, not at them, but like to them in about the, the issues. About it. Yeah. And the spouse starts to drown it out because it's like, dude, you've been saying this for how long, you know? So it's, it's, I'm serious. Like I see it all the time or we'll go to a group and preach and speak and do some teaching or something like that. And you'll see some into it and you'll see some not. And it's like, why are you here? If you're not into this, yeah. you know what I mean? If you're not going to get active, why? Like what you're wasting your time. You're just amongst people who, I mean, I don't know, like for me, politics and, and government and, and the whole is not a social club to me. Yeah. There's a lot to change to just here. What he just said, there's a lot to reform just to get back to the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Forget trying to change anything currently just to get back to the fundamentals of, of the constitution. There's a lot to change just it's to get back. To yeah. 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 It's an interesting thing at this particular point when what makes you different is simply talking about the basics. Yeah, right. Thank you. That's the, that's the interesting space really? that we're in. You've 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 proved my point. We we were we were talking about this earlier. Uh, Carrie said, "What sets us apart?" I said, "We're not caught up in the current crap. We're talking foundations. We're talking." And every time you talk about foundational stuff, people get blown away because they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, you're talking about CRT right now. The reason we got to CRT is because governments and schools, which is unconstitutional. So get rid of the Department of Education. Right. Let's go. Let's go attack this thing. Right. Like <laughs> CRT is happening because we're not on the school boards. So let's right. go to the school boards and vote this crap out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're on the fence of something awesome. I believe there's hope. There's tons of hope right now because there's more people awake than there are asleep. Now we just got to engage them. You know what I mean? I think the the trucker convoys and the blockades were were a signal of that. Um, people are done. People are just done being asleep and and allowing to be acted upon. And it's it's really refreshing to see these parents at yeah. school board yeah. meetings mad. So I'm like, well, they're just yelling. It's at least they're awake. At least they're there and they're they're voicing their opinion and they're they're going after these policies and these issues that school boards have been able to get away with for so long True. without any pushback. True, and, and I love that people are starting to look at, okay, where did this go wrong? Which is then, you know, voices say, you know where this went wrong? Back at the source, back at, at the Department of Education being involved in your local affairs. Government was never supposed to be a part of education. Dude, yeah, they're federal. They have nothing to do with you. Right. They have nothing to do with the state. You know what I mean? Like the state's issues are not a federal issue. They're state's issues for a reason. You know what I mean? So like it was never supposed to be this watchdog thing. It was never supposed to be a blanket. It was supposed to be a community like, hey, the states get together to empower us to do what we do. Right. Now they're right. they're talking about how they empower the states. That's not how right. this happened. You know, <laughs> so the, the, just the foundations alone, I think, are screwed right. up. I'm sorry. I just cut it. <laughs> I just cut into your thunder. No, 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 it's not cool. That is not cool. I, I, I reprimand, I rebuke me right now. That is not good. <laughs> See, you're holding yourself accountable. You heard your own words. 
See, there Ow. you go. Ouch, but that was good. <laughs> Touche. No, but uh, you're talking fine. about talking about basics. Um, you know, I was talking the other day about getting back to the basics. I heard you earlier um, talking about you, you mentioned the Declaration of Independence. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident and all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights among these life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, the government was instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. You know, so there's a couple things in that one statement. That, that's like the philosophy of the framework that started this whole, this whole dream that is America. Right. Uh, and, and when you get into it, I've had people ask me questions before about, you know, what do you think is one of the most important amendments or what do you think is the most abused amendment is a better question. You know, and you'll hear people say, you know, the first amendment is important. It is important. The second amendment is important. It is definitely important. Um, but when I really thought about it, some people go to the 10th amendment because of state sovereignty. And you started talking about some of these concepts. But even beyond that, I went deeper and I went to the ninth amendment. Then I went to the Ninth Amendment, connecting it to the Declaration of Independence, because if we first don't understand that our rights are God-given, bingo. if we don't first understand that point, everything else is for naught. So once you understand that your rights are God-given, you also understand that the government cannot take that which it has not given. So if right. your rights were given by God, your government cannot now step in and take those rights. Then you move to the concept of the, the fact that, yes, people, we the people empowered the consent of the government, we empowered the government our state governments and our state governments got together and it was a group of sovereign states collectively. Right. They got together and instituted the federal government. Well, not the other way around. The government didn't create the, the states. The states created the federal government with the power that was instilled, bestowed upon them by the people, which came from God. And when you understand the order of this, you understand why the government cannot, should not, will not, and we cannot allow them to come in and strip our God-given rights. So the Ninth Amendment mm -hmm. is the most used amendment for me, and it's the framework with which we build everything else. Now, First Amendment, extremely important. Second Amendment, look no further than Australia to understand what it's like to live in a free nation without the Second Amendment. They're experiencing it right now. Man, bro, I'm about to speak in tongues right now. He's all preaching over here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like over here, man, let's do this thing. Shoot. Because you're preaching exactly what we're preaching. Like, you just nailed it. it the, the idea that government somehow makes you who you are has taken the place of God. And I keep preaching this point and it get, it makes more and more sense to people if they keep hearing it. Government has taken the place of God. We feed you, we clothe you, we let you work. We give you your salary. We give you your money back in taxes. You must pay us to survive. Tell me none of that outside of God is the same, right? Like you must pay your, your, your taxes tithing. You know what I mean? Like right. there's, but they force it. See, if you don't tithe to God, he's not going to shoot you. But over here, if you don't pay your taxes, ask Wesley Snipes. You know what I mean? Like you get ten. It's, it's so, so funny. People are like, God is is a, a domineering God you know, of rules, oppressive force. It's like, have you looked at your government lately? Have you looked at what they'll do to you if you don't pay your tithe? Right? <laughs> like you're screwed. It's not even a tithe anymore. It's no, fifty it's, some odd percent yeah, of your it's money. Not a tenth, man. Where, I'd love you want to know where your you, you want to know where your God is, dude? Like seriously, right? Look how much money we give them. Yeah. You pay it's what? A tide, it's a building fund. It's a second offering. I mean, it's, it's everything. <laughs> it's like a Hispanic church, man. Shoot, like pass that bucket around 10 times. I grew up in Spanish churches. Okay. I can make this joke. Have, so, have the bucket at the door. Have the bucket in the pews. Have the bucket back at the you're door. Darn right. <laughs> and if you forgot, we got an ATM in the back. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it works. <laughs> Open their own bank branch. <laughs> I, I love pastoring, man. <laughs> this is fun. Well, I, I think 
what what we're trying to do and, and what is awesome is that we're trying to get people to see things differently. And especially, you know, like we're talking about, how do you see your federal government? Because for so long, people have just seen it as the ultimate authority. You cannot question. You cannot push against. Whatever they say must be right, must be true, must be good. Yeah, truth. And with the, the light bulbs that go on when you tell people, these are your uh, employees. These are not your rulers. You know, because everybody, Romans 13, Romans 13. I employ the politicians. That's right. I'm, I hire you to handle and manage yeah. government affairs. I don't hire you to rule That's right. me. They're not appointed. These leaders are not appointed. We no. vote them. They're we different. We vote for them. Yeah, they're not appointed. We don't just all of a sudden select them because they're good people. or they, No, we vote them in, right? So, again, we're, I said this yesterday at an event that I was doing in South Carolina. You guys realize sheriffs are voted in, right? So everybody's like, yeah, of course. Police chiefs are hired. Who are they going to listen to, the people or those who right. hire them? Right. Think right. about it. Think about it. So with that even being said, Drew, like where where do you see the state of Florida? Because we're in Florida. We're, we're in Port St. Lucie. Um, the, the state of Florida needs a lot of help. You know, obviously, there's a lot of rhinos here. Uh, Anthony Sabatini would tell you that. You know, he yeah. constantly posts about it, tweets about it. You know, Instagram's about it. What? What will it take to shake this establishment? I know that's a loaded question, so you don't have to give me everything at one shot. But I'm saying, what's a first principled step that we could take to say, to shake the rhinos? Because we need to, right? I, I, uh, you you kind of hit it on the head with regard to, you know, what happens? You know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Like, like, let's oh, quote man. that. Everybody quotes that thing. But we have a situation where largely we have an uninformed electorate. Um, ignorant. And ignorant not being a bad word, just that they don't know. Um, for a variety of different reasons. So, you know, we have to destroy some of the myths and attack some of the lies. Yeah. And, and I'll bring up three real quick. One is the whole separation of church and state. That's a lie. We have to destroy it. We got to debunk it. Most people don't know that the Supreme Court precedent has been set over that for decades came from one letter who was drafted by a person who was not a crafter nor original signer of our Constitution. Yet they've used it to justify this whole concept of church separation, church and state. Got to get rid of that. Number two, language. We keep calling this a democracy, which I see a lot of Republicans do, too, that people need to understand what it means to be in a republic. Yep, this right. is a constitutional republic. What does that mean? Um, and there's an example that I like to use that, that talks about, and I always get the numbers wrong, but the concept is still the same. Um, it, it's like it, it, a democracy is like having uh, three wolves and one sheep argue about who's going to be for dinner. The wolves right. are going to win every time in a democracy. Truth. It's a constitutional republic because it allows even the smallest voice to have a voice. And we as conservatives and Republicans need to help people understand that and stop just spewing the word democracy because it's not necessarily true. Number three, um, I call myself a patriot first who identifies as Republican. So we have a party system. And I am registered as a Republican. I told you I have been since I was, you know, since I was independent for two years after being able to register to vote. Um, but I'm a patriot first. And I say that because I identify with God and country. That means I look to the Bible and the Constitution first, and then I align myself with the party who aligns himself with God and the Constitution. What that does is it keeps me from uh, looking through a partisan lens. It keeps me objective. Because if I only put the lens of a Republican on or the lens of a Democrat on or the lens of an independent on, you know, my view is now skewed and I come from a place of dogma. I'm willing to put everything that I believe and know on the table in front of you, 
because I've committed to a path of growth. What that means is, is one of two things happen. Either you expose me to a perspective that I was unaware of, which I filter through God, the Bible, and the Constitution to verify, and I grow from it, or you reaffirm what I've already affirmed, which strengthens and emboldens me in my stance, both of which Amen. are good and which are comfortable. You know, so if we talk about this, there were signs of this a long time ago. We live in a red state. We have a, what they call a trifecta and a triplex. In simple terms, that just means that we practically own every elected position in the state. Now, why is it in a Republican-led conservative state have we had an extremely difficult time getting pro-life legis legislation through committee, right. let alone for vote? That's a sign for a long time that we've had an issue. We just like to let things fester until it becomes a big problem. Right. So just addressing those three misconceptions lead us to a place where we can inform the public and now we the people understand that the power rests with them and there needs to be shifting change and people cannot be afraid to stand up and be bold. Uh, for You're right. People. You're right. That's th this has been the whole issue I've, I've always had with both parties. I'm not a libertarian. We say this a lot. We're not libertarians. We're not Republican, Democrat. Do I vote Republican? Yes, but I will. I, I cannot align because, dude, the, the, the idea of the party system has destroyed my my yeah. faith in any type of political structure, in a sense. As far as a two-party system, not government itself. We are Christians. We're constitutionalists. Then whatever we vote is from those points is what you're saying, right? But I've said this for a long time. With Republican-controlled Congress, Senate, even federally, why haven't they reduced the size of government? Why does abortion still continue? Why isn't a constitutional carry? Because it's constitutional happening in Florida. We have like a prime opportunity, right? But then when the Democrats get in, they're like, oh, my gosh, if you don't vote for me, we're going to die. It's going to, ah, you know, we're, the state's going to like sink into the into the ocean because the Democrats will keep jumping and then we'll break off from the union. And then it's just going to, you know, if you don't vote for me and if you don't give me money, that's why I'm so tired of this. So, like, when I see a new guy come in, like you, you, you do it. Jenna Haig does it for me. She's incredible. You know, there's several others running. Sabatini's the man. Like, I, I just love these guys because they say you guys stand on principle. Right. None of what you said was emotional. As a matter of fact, everything you said was personal responsibility, Drew. And it's and it, you know what it does to people? Oh, dang, I got to work. Yeah, you got to work at this. <laughs> yeah. People don't like that message. They don't like the responsibility message. And that's but that's the only way to solve the problem. Yep. Is to take personal responsibility to start understanding the consequences of your actions one way or another. Right. Um, so any last thoughts? What's that? Go ahead. I, I want to say that that's empowering. So part, part of the issue is people think when they start blame, uh, start accepting responsibility, they can't blame themselves. That's it. It puts you in a position of power. That's right? it. You understand right there. That your decisions directly affect the circumstance that are around you. You also understand that you have the power to change it. And that's an empowering place to be. And it's the sooner people realize it, the sooner everything for them changes and it starts with an outlook. <clears throat> that's exactly and, it and right there. That empowerment, I, I want to build off that for just a second and, and we'll wrap this up here. That empowerment helps you see things as possibilities or opportunities, right? So yeah. when you're empowered yep. of taking responsibility over the consequences of your actions, all of a sudden you don't just see every problem as a brick wall. 
you start to see problems as opportunities Truth. because you're empowered to Truth. say, no, I have control over this. Yep. I have an ability to overcome this. I have an ability to move forward and go a step higher. Right. And so that's, that's why I love this message because this message is hopeful. It's convicting, but it's hopeful. Personal responsibility is where it all begins. I, I just love what you he know? said. Like per, people think personal responsibility is like, oh, I got to work. No, it's actually empowering yeah. you now. Like you actually have a choice. You have something to do with this. Yeah. You can actually say, man, I helped change the future, right, for my children because I became personally responsible. People look at it on the other side and say, oh, my gosh, now I got to go do more. No, you get to do more. This is right. empowerment here, man. This isn't this isn't bad. This isn't negative. It turns something from a paycheck to a passion. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude. No matter what you're doing in life. Dude, touch anybody's oh, yeah. kids, even even par parents who who I've seen it that aren't the best parents. Not by choice sometimes. It's just how they were brought up, right? Touch yeah. their kids, it's over. Yeah. I'm telling you, you start touching people's kids. You know, you're, you're not hearing a lot of what's happening in the States, right? With like parental rights and stuff. There's a lot of crap going on where yeah, there is. parents are suing states and, 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 the, and their governments and because of what they're doing to kids, right? Because I believe that's why Virginia changed. It wasn't people. Yeah, it, was kids. Yeah, people yeah. It, it was the kids, but I believe it was the church. I really do. I believe the church is stepping up. I do. And, and, and people can call me crazy for that. You know, I just don't see a lot of churches stepping up. Because you never hear about right it. that, but if they're not as vocal as you, it doesn't mean they're not stepping up. Yeah, it could be discipling for all you know. They're just not as vocal as you are. There's nothing wrong with that. You well, know? and my point to that is the narrative, right? The the narrative will never support the church as being an influential, powerful force. <laughs> That's right. Satan doesn't have a whole lot of interest in promoting <laughs> the effectiveness of the church. That's right. So you're not going to hear about Truth. all the effectiveness of the church where it's now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something in here, right? Because you know, we're talking about the church and we're talking about this. Uh, I'm going to throw something in here. You all remember back when uh, I think it was doing the, the opening prayer for the 117th congressional session. I started talking about this quite a bit not, not too long ago. You remember when they said amen and a woman? You remember that? Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> that was the distraction. Yeah. That was, that was the distraction. What preceded that was the problem. Now, see, when you and I pray, when we pray, I say in the name of Jesus. That's, that's the way that I end my prayer, right? Um, but what a black pastor got up and said, and you can't find this on YouTube anymore. You have to pull up the congressional record to actually find it. But wow. he said, and I don't even like saying it, but people need to know it. So I have to say it in order for people, people to know it. But he said, in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, amen and a woman. The amen and a woman was distraction. What preceded that was the problem. All of it was a problem, really. But when that's the opening prayer of the legislative body that governs this great nation, no wonder we look out right now and see all the things that have transpired over the last year, year and a half. That's you know, right. how many people are talking about it? How many people even know it happened? You know, and that's why this is just as much a spiritual fight as it is uh, intellectual. And hundred percent. hundred percent. I don't. Yeah. I, and, and I'm careful to say that the I'm saying the church is awake now. I think yeah. more people are getting involved now because of what happened to churches. I think a lot of them woke up in 2021 after 2020, 2020 was the best thermometer yeah for the state of the church to me you know it was like that showed us where our faith was you know what i mean sure. i'm not saying every church that closed was 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 because they were cowards because i don't believe that to be true i think a lot of them are just pastors and they were concerned about their flocks and that's okay but there were some that did it in the name of government told me to that's cowardice mm -hmm. to me right. that's cowardice right? right so but now 
every place I go to, man, I, I just met two of them yesterday when I was speaking in South Carolina. Dude, I've got two schools to come and speak at. I'm sick of this stuff going on. I mean, they're involved, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And these guys are having their people run for office, you know? So, like, we're seeing this uptick of it may not be the church as a whole, but I believe the church, the body is rising up in a lot of ways. And I'm excited for it. I'm not saying they're going to change everything because I believe we need the Patriots. We need some of those guys oh, who are yeah. the two percenters yeah. who are crazy. You know what I mean? They'll march. They'll march on the Capitol. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, that we should go take guns. Like, OK, I'm not uh, there. You just got to. Yeah, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I will say I will say sometimes you need the crazies. Sometimes yeah. you need the people who are more poetic, you know. There's- I mean this in all respect possible, but Marines have to be guys that are just crazy enough to be on the front lines and, and go through the doorways. Yep. You, you got to have those people that are just fearless and, and a little bit crazy enough in the, in the best way possible to do what needs to get done. Truth. You got to have those people, you know, and no, we could really get ourselves in some water on that one. Anyways, uh, Drew, last thought. I, I always try to give a gift a guest a, last thought one last thing they want to leave the listeners with go i'll tell you i have uh i have a beautiful wife i have four baby girls and i baby yes you do um and people ask me all the time why am i exposing my kids to what is politics today uh and there's a quote i butchered a little bit but the concept is still the same there's a quote that says if trouble may come let it come in my day so that i may not pass that on to the next generation So, so I'm fighting now for the next generation because I'd rather do that now than leave them with the fight that we created. Um, that's what drives me and the next generation. And ultimately, I'm asking for people's support. Uh, I tell people that if you want to know where I stand on a policy position, do two things. Open your Bible, dive in, and read the Constitution. <laughs> I don't give you a of where I'm going to stand on, on the issues. If you want to contact me, my, my website is just my name. It's DrewMontezClark.com. And that's my same handle on all social media platforms. Facebook is trying to pull me off, but I'm on everything. Cloud Hub, Choice Social, I'm everywhere. So you can find me. So I appreciate you all having me on. How do we support? How do we financially support you, bud? How do do we do that? Yeah, on on the website, there is a uh, a link that that says donate. Donate now. Um, You can donate there. uh, And uh, any help is helpful. I tell people right now, if we change the way that we think about this, if you can donate more, donate more. Um, if you're not able to, that's fine. But I ask people to choose a number, 1776. They should know the significance of that, 1776. Um, and I ask them to do one thing. Take me out to lunch one time a month, $17.76. We're not recurring. And that will allow me to fight for you in D.C. based on principle. There we go. So Clark.com. I love it. Thank you so much for gotta, being we, on. We got to have him on again. Yeah, Maybe we definitely. could have him host one of these. Because there we go, dude. He's, we, he's, we'd love to sharp. have you come up and and so, sit in studio. Yeah, we with met. Us, we know? met him in Jacksonville. You know, and and he was around with his team. He was you know shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, petting dogs, all that stuff. Right? He was doing his thing. <laughs> but it's like to hear someone who's principled is so rare, you know, in a lot of ways because you get a lot of the smiles and handshakes. But yep. when you meet people who are like knowledgeable who understand law, who understand the word. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> how can you not back that? So, right. dude, I mean, we're, we're so thankful and honor, uh, honor you and your family for allowing you to sacrifice yourself. And I say your time and all those things for this, because we need people like you in office right now to set this thing straight. So gosh, dude, we, 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 we pray for you. We honor you. We bless mm-hmm. you. 
And we speak life over you, bro, and your family and your household. And, and God, I pray for divine protection over his house and his kids because spiritual warfare is real. And uh, if you don't believe that, again, go read scripture like he just said. Go, go, go read about it. And uh, you're entering into some crazy stuff. But, dude, God protects and he loves those who, who, who the Bible says he shows himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him, who honor him, who are seeking him. So, dude, we love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Enjoy the, enjoy the time on. All right, brother. Thank you. Love you. Take care, man. Thank you. Whew. Dang. It's, it's hard Heck because yeah. when we do interviews like this, you know, you don't know, like we have questions, right? We kind of like to let it flow. You know what, what's going on in their world? How, how are they thinking? Why do they think that? Because you know, you, for, for us, when we do these, like to me, right. I want to get the real them. They can yeah. have their, their answers. And he's probably answering those questions a hundred times when we get to the meat stuff of like what he really believes right and he's got the opportunity to say it that's it for me you know and, and i think that's where i the the i don't i can't think of a guest offhand not that i would name them anyways but i can't think of a guest offhand where we've had where it's like okay all of this is canned answer yeah we, no we can't get to the real you like, he certainly we, wasn't he no, believed no, no, every no. word he and said that's, that's, that's what i awesome. loved about him was he the real him you know, and, and we've had other people on who are just they're the real them as to why Truth. they're doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about our movement is it's the real person yeah. movement. It's it's not the big funding um, sponsored agenda driven uh, statistics driven campaigns. Truth. That we're we're connected to it's grassroots people. So you've got to support these people. You've got to be able to to. Whatever you can do, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's resources, something. One of the things that we appreciate doing is giving exposure to people like Drew. They need the exposure. They need they need to be in people's living rooms and, and in front of people's eyeballs and name recognition, all of that, because it does matter. There's so many people who, when they get to the ballot, they're just looking for a name they've seen more than once. Truth. And so this is how you can help those people. Give them exposure. Give them funds to ex get exposure for themselves. Show up and support them. Sometimes you need the emotional support. You need the motivational, dude, thank you so much for what you're doing. It has impacted my, my family and my life. That keeps us going. Sure does, dude. Right? And so, again, these are the people you want to support because they're on the ball and because right. they're doing what they're doing. So, guys, again. Uh, Rhonda, you're the one who's introducing. You can. Uh, no, I'm, I'm done. Uh, well, he's done. So Massey's gone for the day. Uh, guys, thank you so much for everything. We love you. Be sure to activate with our stuff. Share it. Comment. Like. Dislike. Doesn't matter. Uh, leave ratings, especially on iTunes. That helps get more exposure for us. Tell a friend, even if they're liberal. We, we'll hear them out. We love hearing the other side of things. Um, we may not agree, but we can definitely engage. So until next week, Saturday, 9 a.m., guys, we love you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.